you might feel after leaving those encounters that you're always at fault. And then it lies with you to make the change to appease others. And I'm here to say that that's not a reality that we have to live in. Hey friends, this is the Next Level Glam Podcast and I'm Glam Gal. Thank you for joining me as I discuss all things transformation inside and out with my sisters in Christ. Pull up a chair, it's about to go next level. Hey, 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 friends. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited to get today started. I just want to remind you that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So if you've already done the work of believing fully on Christ, you are good to go. So with that being said, let's get into it. One of the topics that I love to delve into on this podcast is the transformation of relationships. When we're growing as a person and a believer, we start to see kind of how relationships have a huge impact on our lives and the direction in which they go in. For the last handful of years, I feel like it's been kind of the trend coming to the surface talking about boundaries. And I don't remember it being such a thing, especially within the church. Me personally, I was raised as a people pleaser, and it took a really, really long time for me to connect the dots in that manner. And I was really, really slow to accept this concept just because I really wasn't allowed to have or form my own opinion. And even to this day, it remains kind of a struggle. But the more that I'm walking with the Lord, I realize that these relationships are pivotal to the success that I have in my life, how I handle them. And there were times in my life where I had to interact with these characters and I found some to be damaging to my overall being. Most Christians kind of support this concept that we as believers should bite more than we can chew, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, and to put yourself last at the behest of others. And while that sounds true enough and we have the potential to bridge the gap with others, we aren't God himself. We have shortcomings. We have limits. Should we strive to grow those limits as we grow in his grace? Sure. But let's not pretend that we don't encounter trials and tribulations. And some of those trials and tribulations are people and the experiences that come with them. Boundaries in terms of relationships may not be seen with the naked eye, but you can definitely feel them when you've crossed one that somebody has laid down. It's like a force field that we set up, a parameter, if you will, and helps keep our overall well-being a priority. So some boundaries in relationship talk might look like demanding certain respect or treatment, how much time you spend with someone, if any at all, or the activities that you are willing to do with this person, how much space you give someone in your head, accountability, meaning apologies, expecting that their actions match their words. I know a lot of people look at them like expectations or standards, and to them, it may seem super selfish, but they're mainly there, guys, so that people can't take you down, whether that's their intention to or not. To me, boundaries are self-preservation. And that's why I'm a firm believer that you need to implement them in your life. I have found that boundaries are really how we navigate these relationships with people in our lives on all levels. And when people cross those boundaries that we have, it feels like a violation. It's kind of like that saying, you give them an inch and they take a mile. You might feel after leaving those encounters that you're always at fault, and then it lies with you to make the change to appease others. And I'm here to say that that's not a reality that we have to live in. We really shouldn't feel like we're dancing on eggshells, that it's up to us to make other people happy, that we should accept treatment that's less than the going rate. So boundaries really are the basis of respect respect to self and respect to others. And if we don't put our hand to establishing these ground rules to ensure that our 
being feels safe during interactions, sometimes we can leave that situation feeling like we lost a war. So how do we implement them? You need to sit down and think to yourself about what feels important to you. What's the problem that you're hung up on with getting along with this other person? Maybe it's under the joint understanding that you aren't willing to talk about certain things in each other's company. You know, politics, religion, those touchy topics that make people uncomfortable. Maybe it's you needing that vast boundary that you're able to speak truth when you're around other people. Some people in our lives can make more demands than others. And I'm sure it's not going to take too long for you to at least picture one person in your life who seems to want more than you're capable of giving, whoever it is. Really think about what needs to happen for peace to occur. We have zero control over how people react to our boundaries that we lay down. Some people might laugh at your boundaries or think it's childish or tedious or just stupid. Some people will continue to push despite the knowledge of the boundaries and they're just seeing how far they can get when those boundaries are being ignored. To their dismay and in my experience, it's like a F-A-F-O situation. And ironically, that's why we're setting up boundaries in the first place to avoid those kind of situations. We all get to that point where it's like, I've had it up to here. The key point is, is that we have to communicate them with these people. Some people literally have zero idea about how they're imposing their will or their expectations onto you. And others may know, but just simply don't care. And in those cases, before we just completely walk away from this person, we try to go to them, you know, with a witness and recommunicate the matter and try to get on the same page. We start in a calm place, reminding them that it's out of love for ourselves and for them that these have to be laid down and respected. Just imagine that you're your own country with your own rules and your own outlook and things like that, and you're next door to another country who has completely different views or maybe the same views but do things differently, and we have to negotiate and come together so that there can be peace. That should be the goal, is peace. If you don't enforce those boundaries that you've laid down with these people, you will find yourself in a situation where you're wondering how this happened again. And it's because you don't just set the boundaries, you have to enforce them. You have to hold your ground. I know that there are times that you're going to falter because like anything else, things take practice to have it become something that you make a priority to respect. When that person doesn't want to meet you on the other side of that boundary, sometimes we have to come to the realization that we have to let them go. Even the ones that we feel or the world feels should have a permanent place in our life. What do we do about those? You know, one day you can have a friend. The next day they just don't exist. You have one less friend, but there are other friends. What about people that no matter how far you run, they're always going to be that person. You're always going to be related to them. What about those kinds of situations? And that's a good question. That's a It's a little bit of a trickier one. And honestly, it's something that I've been meditating on for years as it's a struggle in my life. And that being said, let me share something in the spirit of transparency, which is never easy to do, but perhaps it would benefit somebody who's listening today that you don't have to continue on the Ferris wheel or the carousel and keep repeating cycles with people that result in the same situation every single time. So in my case today, I'm going to talk a little bit about my mom. And this can be hard because she's my mom. 
I've shared in episodes prior that she kind of plays a hero and a villain role in my story. I've realized that in one hand, the truth is there is no me without her. You know, she bore me. She's my mom. And we have the same DNA. And there are parts of her that I've come to realize that just don't fit into my life. We have one life, guys, on this earth. And I really don't feel like we have to settle for less than. When someone is taking away joy or peace from your life, you're allowed to look at that. Sometimes people just don't want to play the game. They don't care because they feel justified where they're sitting, that they deserve the respect and all of the attention and that they're the only ones with feelings that matter. I was raised in a household that repeated time and time again, honor your parents. But they also disregarded the part of scripture that tells parents not to go out of their way to anger their children. Growing up, it was hard enough. But once you get to the age of adulthood, I'm not saying that when you leave the house at you know 18 that you know everything about life and that your parents can't share wisdom and stuff. But there's that part where we have to let go, right? And we have to let God and let them be adults. And um, especially when you get married and you have your own family, we need to see them as like a separate entity. That has always been the main crux of the issue because it doesn't matter how old I get, I to her will always be the child and have no place to make decisions on my own or live the way that I want to. So uh, for years, I kept my mouth quiet and I would just burn on the inside with resentment and anger, but telling myself that if I were just quiet for a little bit, then when I was done, I could just go my own way and live how I wanted to live. But I also realized that the paradox there was is I couldn't be truly me without some kickback or disrespect about me and how I lived my life. There's this assumption that we as adult children should revere our parents. And I do think in some regard that we should. But there's also a line where we as adults should have mutual respect among both parties at this point. My mom has that personality where it's all or nothing. And I think we could probably use the term control freak. And over the last couple of years, the contention just grew to be more and more as my husband and I decided to change directions with how we were running this household that didn't align with how she viewed things. And um, that disrespect really just started to build up over those years. It fueled the situation to come to a head where it was like, all out war, one person on one side of the street, one person on the other side of the street, just screaming at each other and both parties refusing to back down. I feel very justified to have the right to live my own life, to raise my own children, to live my marriage the way that the Lord leads me to and not her path. Believe me, if I could have continued to wear the mask, if I could continue to do that for the happiness of others, I would have. But to be honest with you, the years that I did, it cost me a lot of my sanity. And I had to admit that my spirit couldn't be in her proximity without the consequence of confusion and heaviness that um, it would take with me when we left. I hear people say, like, my mom is my best friend. We love to go and do things together. And that's just something I could never relate to. Hanging out with my mom meant that I was going to get my feelings hurt on some level, that I was going to be humbled on some level, that uh, I was going to encounter disappointment was going to encounter confrontation. It's not normal that you lock your door and you don't answer your door for your parents, that you dodge them in public because you don't have the energy required to deal with that interaction. I just didn't realize at the time that I had the right to pursue 
piece. I always knew my mom was more on the legalistic side of things, but I thought that when I had discovered the truth and that Jesus saved me, that we could come together on that spiritual level and finally have that relationship because I wasn't running from God anymore. But then the chasm became even more clear. It was like a click off in my head, realizing that my mom and I were not on the same page spiritually at all. It was devastating, right? Because now I realized that we would probably never have that relationship. And don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying that God can't work miracles. I truly have given her over to the Lord. I pray that she comes to the part where perfect love casts out fear. They mask it with obedience. So they're saying that they're obedient, but it's really because they're operating out of fear so that God won't cast them out. When you are in a place where perfect love is cast out fear and you're at peace, that disruption of peace from someone else trying to impose condemnation can really shake you to your core. It can be bad spiritual fruit that feels super toxic and icky. And it's just sad that you realize it comes from your own mom. I was really tired of absorbing that spirit in my life. People carry spirits with them. Not always the spirit of God, guys. The spirit of religion is super, super heavy in this world. And when you encounter it and you feel it, you know what it is. I had to make a big change and it was going to be worth the sacrifice, even if it meant being the bad guy. But to me, I won't be the bad guy because I did communicate my boundaries with her and they were disregarded. I've had to come to the understanding that sometimes loving our enemies means just praying for them. I don't wish her any harm. And I think that's what loving our enemies can look like at times. We just pray for people like that to come to the knowledge of the Lord, to come to Jesus, because it's only with that shared common ground that any progress really can be made. To me, peace was more beneficial to me than trying to make someone happy, who, by the way, could never be happy. I had to learn that we can forgive, but we that doesn't mean that we have to buy another ticket to go to that circus. It's officially not my circus, not my monkeys anymore. And I'm okay with that. Sometimes it means no holidays, no birthdays, emails, calls, texts, and, and letting go of that vision that our family has it together so that instead we can have calm, peace, and freedom to live as the Lord leads. I really thought for a long time that when I made that choice that it would come and bite me in the butt, that God would be mad at me for choosing me over someone else. It was always putting me in a box of fear, and I refuse to be in fear because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of you know freedom and sound mind and the right to pursue peace. He gave us the ability to have life and to have it abundantly. And when somebody is trying to put a kink in that hose of grace in your life, that's way too much power. They have way too much power, and we have the right to take it back. I see Paul talking about this in Romans. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So I know that he's talking about people that come against the doctrine of once saved, always saved. That is the gospel Paul preached, the one in which we stand, that it was Jesus alone and his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection that is the remission of sins. You know, once we have been washed by the blood and our spirit is reborn, we put our faith solely in that transaction. That is what justifies us and gives us freedom. And when people come against that, 
We need to mark and avoid them. At the end of the day, I realized I had many discussions with my mom about these spiritual matters, and it just made it so very apparent to me that she is against Christ. And anything that's against Christ is called antichrist, an antichrist spirit. And I wondered why I had no peace after interactions with her, or when I had to get ready to deal with her, I get like this apprehensive anxiety about myself. And I realized that I was battling this spirit because her root is off. And after so many times, when you try to reach these people and they deny the truth, they bring confusion. They take your peace. It's not good for our spiritual growth. And at the end of the day, I want nothing to come in the middle of my walk with the Lord, even if it's my own mother. It doesn't please me to know that she's living in fear, that she feels hurt. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's okay for me to do what's necessary to keep the peace in my life. We're in Psalm 34, 14 says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I remember years ago, I met up with this friend from my beauty school that I met and I was going through a really hard time. We were having this conversation and she said some remarkable words to me and she said, follow the peace. I was just so enamored of that concept. Why couldn't I have that? All these years later, I still hear that sometimes when you're going about making decisions in life, but now I push it even further. I don't just follow the peace. I seek it. I pursue it. Boundaries are all about pursuing the peace. So today I'd like to ask you, are you good at setting boundaries in your life? What do you think is the biggest struggle that comes with enforcing those boundaries that you've set in your life? Please head over to Instagram at the Next Level Glam Podcast and let me know your thoughts. I would love to know. I hope that you'll join me here on the Next Level Glam Podcast for another episode about the security that we have in Christ. And until then, guys, grow in His grace.